This week on the Steam Machine Podcast, how do you put this till I lose my head? Cue the music! Hey everybody and welcome back to another exciting, wonderful, splendiferous episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton and joining me as always are the Destructo Bros. What's up, it's Nate. This is Pilot Willie, over. And this week, we have a fourth co-pilot in the uh, the squadron, if you will. Uh, he's returning from last week because he chose the game this week. Well, that is Jeffy Pooh. Old Jeffy Lube, the man of many nicknames. How are you doing, buddy? I am good. It's good to be back, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Splendiferous. Splendiferous. Damn, I just realized we could have done that one Family Guy joke that's like the extended version of that Star Wars scene. Red 5, <laughs> chunky in. Red Fox, chunky in. Red Skeleton, Red October, in. standing by. Who's he? He's an asshole, sir. How many assholes are on this ship? <laughs> Surrounded by assholes. Aye. Keep firing, assholes. Keep, Keep firing, firing, assholes. assholes. <laughs> uh, already off the rails. Gentlemen, how you been this week? Let's start with Willie. What you been up to? Oh, man, I've had a bad day today, and I'm pissed off. Yo, let me just tell you, I know it's a, by the time this comes out, it's going to be too late. If you are a... I, uh, gig delivery driver, and you get the option to do Walmart grocery orders during the holiday shopping season, just slice yourself from belly to groin with a katana instead, because you'll have a way better time. I spent the first two hours of my shift not getting paid, because I sat at one Walmart for 30 minutes before they told me, hey, someone else picked up your order, sorry, go home, you're not getting paid. Went to another one, and I spent another 30 minutes waiting before I finally flagged someone down who actually found my order. So, it was a bad time, don't do that. Yeah, that sounds like a bummer, man. Yeah. Well, hopefully... Yeah, it was super bummer, man, my favorite (laughs) game in the bummer, man series. Well, hopefully the episode cheers you up a little bit, bud. Um... Anything else interesting happened in the past two weeks? Play anything good other than our game of the week? Oh, yeah. I was, I was about to start ranting. I'm like, oh, yeah, wait. This is the game I played. Um, Damn. Um, I don't think I've been playing that much new games lately, have I? I don't think I can think of anything. No. It's all out of my <laughs> brain right now. Well, then we'll move on to the other Destructo, bro. Nate, what you been up to the past two weeks, my good sir? Yeah, man. It's been a pretty crazy couple weeks. Like, um, went to ended up booking a last-minute trip to Boston for last this weekend that we just that just passed and had a good old time there like uh we went to the harvard natural history museum got to see a lot of bones that was really cool and fun like just like if you get a chance to go to like a natural history museum if you like seeing skeletons and animals and things like that just go and do it because it's such a good time and things like they don't even think are that interesting when you think about on a surface level which you see them in real life like all the different kinds of rocks and minerals like that they have at those places they're like super cool because like i wish i had better examples in my head but like you see two minerals that are the same mineral but they form in completely mm. different ways and it's just like insane to see damn nate sounds like you're tearing up Jesus don't get Christ. sedimental 
Alright, this, this has been the Steam Machine Podcast. We'll be back at you guys next week with... <laughs> uh, no. Oh, and then that night, um, we went and saw the Broadway Musical 6, which is really, really good. It's about um, King Henry VIII's six wives. And oh. it's just really good. It's kind of like portrays all of them as like pop star kind of thing. And it's just like really well done and a really interesting way to portray the story of the six wives like i really enjoyed it a lot and then yeah it was great like i really really liked it a lot the music was wonderful um and then the next day we went to um the orchard house in concord massachusetts which is the home of louisa may alcott the author of little women and you know, it's my wife's favorite book of all time. And in, of course, the Christmas book. So it's like the perfect time of year to go up there and just enjoy that. We had this, I wish I remember the name of it, but we had this Aww. really good diner too. And I had this uh, chicken pot pie there, which was just fantastic. I fucking love chicken pot pie. Oh, no, dude, it was so good. <laughs> and then we were planning on going out and doing some more stuff that night, but we were just kind of beat and like peopled out for the night so we just kind of chilled at the hotel and i just kind of slept on and off and played pokemon <laughs> on my switch <laughs> so it was a really good vacation it was nice to be back and like it was so funny because like she was so concerned about it being so cold that she went to target and bought me like this nice zip up like hoodie and like this hat and stuff she's like you're gonna be so warm there i'm not gonna let you get cold and we got there and i was like Babe, it's warmer here than it was in Nashville. <laughs> 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 but I wasn't going to get cold, I'll tell you that much. I had plenty of warm clothes to keep me protected. <laughs> Damn, man, that's that's two people I know that went to Boston in the past two weeks. Dude, I loved it. Like, I, I've i never been to New England before, so it was, like, my first impression. And even though it was kind of rainy, like, the whole time we were there, it was, like, great first impression for me. Like, I just loved being down there. And I was like, it was so funny because like I did end up taking a walk at one point, and I was like, I was like, man, I haven't heard like a true Bostonian accent, like a real mass hole just walking around. It's like I just went for a walk downtown, and then I just out of the corner of my ear, I was like, yeah, that asshole over there. <laughs> I did, it was everything I could do to yes. not laugh because it's like, yeah, that motherfucking asshole over there. <laughs> it's like, I wanted to laugh so bad, but it was like, no, I shouldn't. Oh I better God. keep walking. But that was just so funny to me. It does exist. And one, I wanted to ask you about that, but I kept forgetting to. But I wanted to know if you heard any great Massachusetts accents. Number two, you've never played Team Fortress 2, but you just did a perfect impression of the scout when you were in person. That's funny. That guy. No, dude, like, I loved it so much. Cause, like, you, I love regional accents. And, like, I'm not going to lie. We stayed at kind of a bougie yes. hotel. So everybody was on their best behavior for the most part while we were at the hotel and stuff. But, like, just walking around downtown, like, Boston, actually hearing it in my own ears, like, ah, oh, this was a blessing. <laughs> that's like uh this lady i work with named brandy she's from new hampshire so she's got that nice you know that uh yeah look at my car like she was like look at the hood of my car somebody fucked up my car <laughs> there was a dent in her hood <laughs> this is fucking hilarious that's awesome <laughs> i love it yeah, man, it was a great trip i highly recommend like just going to see boston she's like it's just nice like it's like the old style architecture everywhere it's just like Seeing all like these old historic buildings, it's just I just love that kind of stuff. So it's like really nice to go somewhere like that. Big New England fan now, not the Patriots, but you know the area. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, it'd be cool to move up there one day. 
like personally. Like, I mean, I like that whole like northeastern area. So, yeah, feels like a place you could retire yeah, to. Yeah, you know? for sure. Although no, most people go the other direction when they retire. Uh, Dalton does not want to go to Florida when he retires. I promise you that much. No. <laughs> Dalton does not want to go to Florida. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anything else? Ah, that'll cover me this week. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? What you been up to since the last time we spoke to you, my good sir? Uh, apart from work. That's it. Just working. <laughs> I can fucking relate to that. Apart from work, Yo, nothing. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just bitched about work for my whole what have you done this week section. And it was just me bitching about today. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, I work in retail. So, work working at a store during Christmas time, it just brings out the lovely cheer in people. I don't envy you and Dalton whatsoever. Yeah. And, <laughs> and for what it's worth, I don't blame the people that were working at the Walmart for me getting fucked over by the Walmart situation. I blame the fucking management of Walmart for not hiring enough people to get this taken care of or paying people well enough so they can hire them. Yep. (laughs) Like, this is not down to Walmart grocery pickup guy. This is down to, you know, Samuel Walmart. That's actually really close to his name. Okay. (laughs) I I know, it's Samuel. (laughs) Good night, John, boy. (laughs) Good night, John. Damn it, can a guy masturbate peace in this house? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> one of the funniest jokes family guy ever did and now mr conway <laughs> yeah and that's another one will you just let him fucking rest in peace <laughs> anyways um Peter. well i guess that, that leaves me right yep oh god i hope you don't really need to talk about work after your last podcast but if you do buddy <laughs> nah. we're here to listen no nah, i'll leave i'll leave ranting about work to on yav's pod because i don't want to use quite that battle language on this show. <laughs> um but it did sound like a rough one. This, this show is PG-13 to soft R. <laughs> the softest of ours. We, we, we say the F word, but we don't go quite as, as far as the other one. Um, to the point that, like, whenever I plug my other shows on the JRPG report, I just quickly run through the yeah, spot. <laughs> don't listen to this one. I throw you it in to, as if you listen to the JRPG report, you are not interested in yeah, spot. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um... So, over the past two weeks, I've just been, like I like, like Jeff said, working a lot. Um, Megan did come see me this past weekend, and we did, like, an early Christmas thing since, you know, we'll, we would, like, family stuff next weekend, and then she's going to be trying to move <clears throat> at the beginning of the year. So, um, I got her uh, a new mouse, um, some squish, some Disney Squishmallows, um, and then I got her, and this is the one that she yelled at me for, because she was like, this costs too much money, and I was like, shut your mouth. Enjoy it. And uh, she, so her favorite uh, book series is Akatar, which is A Court of Thorns and Roses, and uh, I bought her the hardcover set of them. Nice. And I mean, I did. It didn't break the bank. They weren't like mind-blowingly expensive, but like I just happened to get the one that she really, really wanted, mm-hmm. and I didn't know which one she wanted. And then the one that comes with like the novella and stuff. So that got me some brownie points. Um, she made. I'll have to post pictures of the things that she made for my mom and dad because they are beautiful. But I can actually show you what she made me. And then I can describe it. Dalton is currently standing up. He's taking off his shirt for some reason. Oh, he's back. Okay. <laughs> um, I did post this in Pokemon, but she made me this. That is awesome. Aww. That's awesome. For sure. That's, fan- Look that's, that's fantastic. Relax. It's, like, it's so fucking cool, man. And it's like well-made and dense wood and stuff. And I'm like, hell yeah, that's so cool. That's awesome. And I cherish it. It now sits on my desk. Snorlax is such a goals <laughs> Pokemon. 
Uh, I, I love su- Snore Boy. Yep. I, I suppose, uh, j- just a reminder, last week was my birthday, and uh, Virginia bought me a new tablet. Nice. Hey. Well, first nice. and foremost, happy birthday. Happy birthday if we didn't say it to you. Well, you guys said yeah. to me uh, from uh, last episode, but, you know, I appreciate it. And I just wanted to let everyone... Okay, well, if we already said it to you, then I'll undo <laughs> that one. No more happy birthday. Fuck my Fuck birthday. You. Who cares? They cancel each other out. It's okay. But no, I just wanted to let just tell you what what she got me, and I thought it was very it was very nice. Yeah, that is really nice. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. Um, and then Willie made a joke about it at the very beginning of the Patreon, but now I'll say that like, so I came home on lunch break today, just frazzled because work's been busy as shit, and there's some packages sitting on the front door or on the front. Like we have a chair set up by the front door, but they just put it on. And uh, I walked in, and I my dad's like making cookies, and I'm like. Dude, you just don't pay attention to who pulls in the yard anymore, do you? Because <laughs> there are just two packages just chilling by the front door, and y'all are both home. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, one was for him, one was for me. And uh turns out my brother sent me this here Sure microphone that I'm talking through right now. It's a uh, MV7 podcast microphone. Yeah, Dalton's just trying to outpace us on the sound department every week, man. Like, he can't just let it, <laughs> let it rest. He's just got to sound so much better than us. <laughs> well, have you heard that voice? Yeah, sure. Good point. Well, what's funny is that uh, I'm currently recording on Audacity, and I looked up, and it's recording through my interface right now and not through the microphone. Nice. So it's recording what I'm saying, but I don't know if it's going to sound as good on the recording it might sound like normal on a recording, but to you guys, you get to hear the sultry new microphone tones. Yeah, that, oh. that ASMR oh, deliciousness. Oh, it just, yeah. uh, it just got hot in here. Oh, God, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is the no, second time um, I almost quit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you want an ASMR. I gave you beard ASMR. Um, yeah, man. it was just it was a great weekend. You put the ass. Uh, in we S-mark. did a, uh, a standing rib roast, and we had like a nice like quote Christmas dinner. You know, we watched some movies. I watched. Have y'all heard of Guritama? Yeah, it's yeah. the little egg guy from uh, the from uh, Sanrio. So he's got his own little show thing on Netflix now. It's ten episodes long. They're each about twelve minutes. I highly recommend it to anyone if you just want to sit down and then when it's all over, go. That was cute, but what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> Is it about the same people that did the uh, Agretzico show? Uh, I'm not sure. It's a 3D animation show mixed with real life. Okay. Okay, so that doesn't sound like the same style at all. But, like, definitely, it's it's interesting enough to watch. And it's cute. Like, you could watch it with your kids. Because, like, it's definitely, like, a kid's thing. But, yeah, Gudetama. And he's just, like, this little egg yolk with a butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's cute, though. Recommend it. And I was going to watch that movie, mm-hmm. Trolls, and forgot. So, there's that. And, oh, oh, one other thing. I've been diving back into The Witcher 3 because that next-gen upgrade came out, and it's free to anyone who owns The Witcher 3, um, including if you get a PS5 and you have the PS4 game, you can upgrade to the PS5 version for free. Oh, that's really generous of them. Like, most uh, people don't do that. Like, Skyrim oh, def- so Skyrim would never. <laughs> would never. <laughs> CD Projekt Red's really quite cool about that. And, like, with this, too, they added in, like, some new quests that they designed that are based around the Netflix show. And I think there are some like costumes you can get that make you look like the stuff they wear in this Netflix show. And I don't know. It's just cool. Nice. It's and it's beautiful. Holy fuck is it it's gorgeous. Like I told Jeremy, I was like, dude, if you were ever gonna play The Witcher, and he's not interested in those kinds of games, so I was like, but now would be the time because 
You would have been like, oh, it looks like a PS4 game. It's dated. Nah, bro. Now it looks like a PS5 game, and that motherfucker is crisp. See, now I'm glad I did not play it when you first sent it to me, Dalton, because now when I play it, it's going to be gorgeous. Yeah. The hunt is even wilder I'm going, than before. I'm going to go ahead and warn you and Willie both. We are going to play The Witcher 3 sometime this Good. year. Good. Or I guess this next year. Next I'm down. Year. Yeah, clearly. Clearly uh, not yeah. 2022, yeah. Dalton. There are no more game episodes <laughs> this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And this, of, and this has been General Gaming News Corner with General Gamer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jeff. <laughs> um, speaking of, so uh, full disclosure with y'all, um, next week we'll be dropping the Steamy Awards. So we're going to be recording that at some point this week and dropping that next week as like a uh, you know Christmas, New Year's type thing. Um, and then let me clarify this real quick with you guys. I don't even care that we're doing it on there. Yeah. It is my choice, right? Uh, I... Or is it Nate's? It's choice? not mine. I'm pretty sure. Uh, let me hold on. I'm gonna go look at our pinned posts. In yeah. All right. It is Dalton's pick for yeah. January third. <laughs> All right. Wait, January third. Uh, so we don't even. So the Steamy Awards. We don't even get a week no, off. Like, well, we we technically do because we're Steam- recording the Steamy Awards. We'll tomorrow. talk off air about this one because I have some stuff yeah. that might be a problem. Okay, gotcha. So gotcha. we'll talk off air about that. Yeah, yeah. we'll figure okay. it out. But the next is episode Dalton. is Dalton, a Dalton pick. We just yeah. don't know what day it's coming yeah. out. Well, but yeah, and we should be expecting to release a uh, Steamy Awards R- episode relatively soon. Yeah, either <laughs> next Thursday, yeah. either next Thursday or the Thursday after. Yeah. So keep your ears and eyes peeled. Always. Yeah. Keep your potatoes. potatoes peeled. It's very boring. At, it's very boring at my job. I need uh, material to listen to. <laughs> Do you uh, listen to the episodes well that you're on, Jeff? Sometimes. Okay. Depends on how I feel I did on that episode. <laughs> Fair enough. You know what? Just quick fun fact, then we'll dive into our game of the week. Um, I used to listen to every episode of the Steam Machine podcast after we recorded it and released it to make sure everything sounded okay. I do not remember the last time I listened to a full episode of the Steam Machine podcast now, because now I'm like, now that I know I've got my editing down and all yeah. that, I'm like, somebody, surely somebody in the Discord will be like, Hey, there's a there's a fuck up at such and such time. Like, oh, okay, I'll go in and I'll fix it. But I've gotten pretty good at not doing that. So, <clears throat> yeah. All right, well, gentlemen, you ready to dive into our game of the week that Jeff chose? Hell yeah! Hell yeah! All right, Jeff, do you want to reveal the name of the game, even though it's going to be in the title, and people are going to already know what the name of the game is, and then I will dive into the O-Dubs. My well, I will reveal that the game is one of my favorites of all time. It is Descent Free Space. Woo! All right, so then, O-Dubs! Descent Free Space, The Great War, also known as Conflict Free Space, The Great War in Europe, is a 1998 space combat simulation IBM PC-compatible computer game developed by Volition. Best known for the Saints Row games. Ah. And Red Faction. Really? And what? And Red Faction. No shit. Wow. All right. That's impressive. I didn't realize that. Um, and that was when it was split off from Parallax Software, and it was published by Interplay Productions. And in 2001, it was ported to the Amiga platform as Free Space The Great War by Hyperion Entertainment. The game places the players in the role of a human pilot who operates in several classes of starfighter and combats against opposing forces, either human or alien, in various space-faring environments, such as in orbit above a planet or within an asteroid belt. The story of the game's single-player campaign focuses on a war in the 24th century between two factions, one human and the other alien. That is interrupted in its 14th year by the arrival of an enigmatic and militant alien race 
whose genocidal advance forces the two sides into a ceasefire in order to work together to halt the threat. Uh, Descent Free Space was well-received as a single-player space simulation that integrated all the desired features of its genre, from competent AI wingmen <clears throat> to the presence of a large capital shifts that dwarf the fighters piloted by the player, that was hard to say, and explode spectacularly when destroyed, the game's multiplayer mode was criticized as it was plagued by lag and inaccurate tracking of statistics. Uh, an expansion for the game, which was less well-received, was also released in 1998 under the title of Silent Threat, and focuses on events after the main game's campaign with the player working for an intelligence branch of the Terran's armed forces that later attempted to overthrow the Terran government. A sequel to Descent Free Space, entitled Free Space 2, was released in 1999 to critical acclaim. Now, this game is only named, and I, I learned this from a YouTube video, on the YouTubes, Descent Free Space because they wanted to ride off the legacy of the Descent games, which I did not realize were something completely different. They were like Doom in a ship. Yeah. Yeah. They were Six Degree of Freedom games, but they were much closer to a first-person shooter. Yeah. Um, but actually, this was definitely... I was going to say, it's actually interesting because the original Descent games was developed by Parallax, the company that Volition was bef before it created itself. Okay. So it was like these guys split off and they were like, well, we could still use that name. <laughs> yeah, fuck it, it, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, but it has no actual, like, canon connections to free space or descent. The only real connection is the fact that it has, like, six degree of freedom spaceship mm. movement. But it's a very, but it's much more. This is the all range mode to the Star Fox of, you know, a rail shooter of gotcha. the descent games almost. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, Jeff, since this is your, your pick, I'm going to start with you. Um, what was your first impressions on this game back in the day? Like, what got you into it? Tell us a little bit about why you picked this. Well, it all started with, with the Descent games, you know. Those were... I played the first one when I was young, like mid-90s. I Who knows how old I was. Like six or seven on my first computer. And I just always loved the, this series. And then out of nowhere, my oldest brother just came home, and I was like, "What the hell is this? This descent, free space, the Great War?" I was just like, "Is it the same thing?" He said, "No, it's completely different." So I watched some gameplay of hit from from him, and it was just like, "Oh my god, this looks awesome!" So when I first played it, it just it completely blew me away at how great the game was. I probably wasn't able to play it until maybe mid-2000s, but when I did, I was hooked. It hooked me instantly. I can see that, and I think it was me and Nate having this discussion where it's like, you can definitely tell like why this game, when somebody played it back then, was they were like, holy shit, this is awesome. Because like, I could totally get that vibe. I mean, and granted, <clears throat> I know that the version that we were playing was kind of like an upscaled yes. version of the original but being a person who has an appreciation for those older style PC graphics, like I can just imagine that I would have had just as much fun, you know, tooling around in, in <clears throat> without it looking as crisp as it did. Yeah. Well, it, comparing the two versions we did, we played. You know, I I played the actual, uh, the uh, I guess the original, original copy, yeah, and it. It's really not that much different than the version that we played now. The only difference is, is just really aesthetics, and maybe it's a little more polygonal. But really, the the differences are very they're very similar. Okay. 
Um, and then I'm going to go next to Willie because I think you're the other one that has the most experience with this. Um, so, you know, when did you first play this? What was your first impressions? What? So, uh, for Free Space 2 was recommended to me probably, if I had to guess, somewhere around 2005 and probably recommended to me by someone on the Something Awful Internet Forum, I would guess, as a um, basically like a more modern successor to games like TIE Fighter. And I grew up loving TIE Fighter. I'm like, hell yeah, I'll give it a shot. And I played it. I absolutely loved it. I didn't get back around to Descent Free Space, the original one, for quite a while, but eventually I found, you know, the... What at the time was called Free Space SCP. Now it's called FS Open, but it's the source court uh, source part that most people play to make it work, including what we had to do to get the game actually working on mm-hmm. our current systems. Um, and I found out that you know someone did a backport of the first game into it, so I went and played that there. And you know, I mean, my my main first impressions were with Free Space Two. Like I considered Free Space One to be an afterthought for a really long time. And before this podcast, I'd only played through the Free Space One campaign one time. Oh, okay. But Doug, so okay, so going back through again, was it as good as you remember it being, or we'll discuss that when we get to that part of the show? Won't <laughs> yeah, okay, we? fair enough, fair enough. Nate, what about you, buddy? Yes, yeah, so this was, was this your first experience. This is with my it? first experience with it because, like, around yeah. the time Willie was like uh, mentioning he was getting into it, that was around the time like where I was like a senior in high school and didn't have time for video games essentially. So, like, I had not touched this at all; it was completely outside my radar. So, this was the first time I really played with it. First impressions were, man, this was a bitch to get working. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, unfortunately, that is, I've got to go ahead and say this up front. I cannot recommend anyone with a current computer purchase the game from a store yeah. in the state it's in right now. The only way we were able to get it working was by using uh, a program called the Nosos Installer that sets up the Free Space Open Port. The Open Port is fantastic, but here's the thing. It requires the Free Space 2 files to work, yeah. not the Free Space yeah. 1 ones. So if you really want to play this game, buy Free Space 2 and set up the source port. Don't bother buying, unless you want <laughs> yeah. to just send more money to the developers. But uh, I will. You can't, oh, you cannot install Free Space 1 right now on a current Windows 10. Well, I will say, I did buy Free Space 1 on Steam. You know, I bought it months ago, and it was working. You know, I was able to play that, the original version on Steam, but then I guess they did some sort of update for the Windows 10 and 11 versions, and that really fucked it up. I think there was an update to Windows that broke it. Well, it might might have been Windows itself, but it really fucked up the game, and now it's, you cannot play it unless you get a, a open source port. Yeah. You either have to use a source port or do some weird rollback to NVIDIA drivers that sounded incredibly complicated and yeah. not worth it. Whereas getting the source port running, once we found the actual files, was like, I'll go give mad props to the people that make the Nosos installer. It was easier to install FreeSpace this time than it That's ever good. was for me in yeah. the past. Like, but I tried, like, like I said, once it got installed and running, it was good. But <laughs> the funny thing about it was, is like, it took us a while to get to that point because we were like, I bought it on GOG, I bought it on Steam, mm-hmm. tried both, see mm-hmm. if I could get either one of them to work, neither work. I refunded both of them, don't worry. Um, and then we were trying to get a hold of Jeff, like, uh, Jeff, you sure this game works, homie? <laughs> it, it did at first. And Jeff was away from his computer, so he couldn't check for us for a couple days. <laughs> and then we finally just like, oh, yeah, it's not working for me now either. I was like, damn it, Jeff. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so, so yeah, I, did. I did the same. I was going to say, I did the same thing as you. I tried even buying it off of GOG, and 
And I'm just like, nope, not working. Yep. But then once Willie got me, got told me what to do, and that, that, even that took me a while because I am inept with computers. Yeah. I am, a, <laughs> no. I am a dope. Jeff, there's no way I'd be playing this game without Willie telling me how to install it too. So it's yeah, like, no, with, without. Without Willie, none of us would have been able to play this game. Dalton so might have figured it out. He, Dalton's good with the mods. <laughs> yeah, Dalton's dealt with mod launchers before. This this was to this me was, easier to get up and running than my this average was way Doom support. Fallout was. <laughs> yeah. So, and, but once I finally got in there and finally got to play, it was like, oh man, I only have a few days because now I'm going to Boston. This is crazy. <laughs> but no, I got in there, and started flying around, and like did the training missions. I was like. Oh, wow. This is actually really cool. It's like, I wish I had a flight stick because a lot of the controls are keyboard. And it's like, I can't really hold this and controller in one hand and keyboard everything else either. So I was like, like that's the only drawback I had was controller. Because, like, obviously it was um, optimized for flight stick. So I wish I had yeah, that the- opportunity. But, no, nah, the game yeah. looked great. It played great. It felt great. Like... Like, I was really impressed by the graphics. Like, obviously, it's a late 90s, early 2000s style game. So, it's, like, not, like, up to what we'd look at today. But I thought, like, man, this sure looks like space. And those sure are asteroids. (laughs) And they look good doing it. (laughs) And for what it's worth, I also didn't instruct either of them to install, like, the media VPS or any of the other fan-made upgrades to the ships. So, all the models that they were seeing were the original models from... uh, either from the original game or from the mm-hmm. original FS port. So they were not seeing like upscaled high, high, super high definition versions. But you don't. I did. I did check out a couple of videos of the uh, upscaled stuff though. And man, I'll tell you what, that game does explosions really well. Yep. Um, so oh, yeah. for me, these were games. I don't remember if I got them on GOG, like when I first got my computer, cause they were maybe on sale for stupid cheap or if I got them for free, from GOG, because GOG will do that sometimes, where they just give shit away. Um, but I had both Free Space 1 and 2 already. Um, and I loaded into it, once we got the the mod stuff working um, with Gnosis, um, I loaded in, and for some reason, it tried to set my... So my, my PC is 2K, right? Uh, 1440p. But it has this weird thing where it will also go to the one little step above that. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know what that one's called. It's like 20-something by 330-something. Mm-hmm. And it just makes everything look a little crisp, but it also makes everything like a, a little smaller. Mm-hmm. And it made the screen like not be centered. Uh, oh. And that drove me fucking nuts. And it took me like 20 minutes of just anger <laughs> to clicking around. So I finally figured out how to change the resolution. And it was like, okay. Now we're good. And once I got the resolution changed, everything worked fine. I got in. I played this with mouse and keyboard. <laughs> what? <You> monster. <laughs> and. Uh, no, honestly, I think mouse and keyboard might have been a better play than Xbox controller and keyboard. So, Not that I'm thinking about it. Like, I, I wouldn't have done it myself, but I could see that actually working if, pretty well. <clears throat> if maybe you change it so it. So I'm so used to a mouse where it's like I move my mouse up and it goes up and I move it down and it goes down. Right, that when I'm, oh, was it, it was set that when it goes up, it shifts my ship downward, and when I pull my mouse back, it inverted it and made it go up, and that threw me the fuck off. And uh, I'm yeah, so used to inverting mm-hmm, controls in flight sims today. I'd never even thought about it for a second. And, and you know what? On, on a stick, that doesn't up. bother me. 
But on the mouse, it was right. just oh, weird. But on the yeah. mouse, okay, it would feel sense. weird. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I yeah. I don't know. Uh, this I played a few missions. <coughs> I failed the tutorial like four times. <laughs> Did you really? How do you fill the tutorial? Uh, it's very self-explanatory. I blew something up before he asked me to, and he told me I, I couldn't obey instructions, and I needed to report back. <laughs> He's like, I just want to play the game, sir. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I eventually made it through, and then I did, like, the first couple missions, and by that point, uh, I don't know what it was about the game, but it started hitting me with that. I started getting nauseous, like, or it was, like, making me woozy, and I was like, fuck. Went full amnesia on it. Uh, by the... By that time, I decided, I was like, I am going to... Yeah, it went full amnesia, absolutely. Sorry, it just registered with me what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, I'm going to watch some videos on this. So, I watched a few retrospectives. Um, let me tell you, if either of you want to make a YouTube video about Descent Free Space 1 that isn't a long play, congratulations. You're going to be like one of like 10 people, maybe, that have done that. <laughs> like... Dude, I found so many Free Space 2 videos. I was having to sift through Free Space 2 videos to find Descent Free Space The Great War videos. And I found like a couple. And let me tell you, some of them were from like the beginnings of YouTube and you could fucking tell. Yeah. The guy's like, oh yeah, today we're going to be talking about Descent Free Space from the Division. Oh, it's Bane. You all bought it. This is like 180p or something. like. 144p. Wow. Yeah, 144. Yeah, back but back when two when 240p was yeah, the high quality. It wasn't a quality video on YouTube. We're used to watching about people like Team Retrogue. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Team Retrogue on the other hand could put out a nice video that captures his controllers and his systems really well. I mean, the fact that I was able to f- see the difference between the Switch OLED and the Switch Classic just like in his video footage is a testament to his directorial ability. Absolutely. So, so my main question for you, gentlemen, is. The two of you that are more experienced in the game and Nate, please chime in with, you know, your experiences too. But like, what am I missing from the story? Because I would like to try this game again, but like, I want to, I just want to know like what I missed out on because these retrospectives, like some of them went into a story a little bit. I know about Shivens, I think were their name. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. But that's about all I know. And I want to know more because I love space stories. So like the very beginning of the game. Yeah. We can give yeah, you the whole I want to cover the very, very Please, beginning because I didn't get as far as either you or Jeff for sure. But like the very beginning of the game, you're becoming this trainee to help pilot and all that fun stuff. And the initial conflict is between, I forget the name of the main race. Vasudans. The, uh, the, the Galactic Terran and Alliance. And the Vasudans were the, the aliens that you were initially Terra. after. So the first couple of missions were just like... Hey, get used to flying. And then one that was really fun was um, getting to do the one where you're out taking out the troops of the Sudan ships. It's like you're in the asteroid belt. And yes. I, I love that mission a lot. Like you were trying to track down like three different squadrons of the Sudans. And then there was an optional fight you could do if you could find where the um, Sudan ace pilot was. If you liked that mission, Free Space 2 is going to be extremely your shit because there's an entire class of missions called Nebula missions that have that same weird nice. sensor thing where you have to be really close before you can Yeah, I thought that was a lot scanners. of fun. So mm. you're just following that, like, wavy thing in the... Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed that, way. like... And, like, that was, like, the conflict that you... The beginning of the game hints that there is a bigger thing coming after you. Like, the intro of the game was, like... 
a pilot returning to one of the bases and being shot down by like this random like it wasn't the Vasudans. It wasn't the Vasudans. That's why I'm so interested in the story. That fucking they did a good job with that opening cutscene because it pulled me the in. Cutscenes I'm like, what's going on? I saw on? in the game. Like yeah. A, the cutscenes were really well directed. Like they all look really good. And I also mm-hmm. thought that especially for late nineties, early two thousands, the voice acting in this game was really good. Yeah, I would like to give a shout out to the voice acting too, because I didn't remember there having this much of a cast in it before. But like, even like each capital ship has its captain or commander or admiral in charge of it mm-hmm. that has its own voice. Like, the it, it was actually really, I don't know, I, I thought they did a great job because none of the ca- voice cast sounded like amateurish or goofy yeah. like a lot of the late 90s. It was, you know, it was very professional in the voice, in my opinion. Yeah, they all sounded like, you know, this is a this is a real conflict. Everyone is giving a damn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 at the minimum everyone was professional. Maybe robotic and underselling it, which I actually kind of prefer over I mean, the thing terrible over It's very military, right? And military is yes. not going to oversell yeah. these yeah. things. They're not going to freak out when there's a battle happening. Like that's their job. So like the fact that they didn't exactly. oversell the things made yeah. it more believable <clears throat> to me. Oh, I fully agree. I mean, like, I feel like the emotions you end up feeling, it, it isn't because someone is freaking out in your ear. It's like, literally, like, you just contemplate the gravity of what you've just heard and go, oh. Yeah. Um, real quick, quickly, one of the uh, retrospectives that I watched about it mentioned that, like, there was, like, a criticism of the game, but at the same time, it was also, like, a plus, mm-hmm. if you will, is that the criticism was that, like, in pre-space one, you're kind of just a nameless Joe. You're just a pilot, yeah. right? You don't really have any character. But they said, but on the flip side of that, the game does a fantastic job at making you not feel like a hero. You are part of a squadron. Like, yeah, you are alpha one most of the time. You're not, you know, the best. In fact, a lot of times I'll tell you, like, Alpha 2 is a veteran that we've put with you because we expect him to be able to help you succeed yeah. this mission. Yeah, you're not the end-all, be-all hero that saves the day. And I always appreciate when games do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're not the chosen one. You're just one pin that can pull out enough to just throw that grenade that lob, knocks all the yeah. dominoes over. And that's what I really liked about these games in general. Yeah, the AI in this game, they really, for this time, they really knew how to, like, you are part of a team and they will respond accordingly because you are able to give commands to individual uh, fighters or uh, squadrons and they will respond. Yeah. As you, so if it's like, all right, attack this capital ship, they will focus their, their goal on just destroying that capital ship. Well, speaking so that, of, they, go ahead. Okay, speaking of the AI too, is like, it really is like, noticeable that they are doing things independently like in that mission that i was talking about i've realized at some point it's like i was kind of following ships around like why do they keep turning around when i get close to them oh they're following me mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like yeah. it took me a minute i was like oh so this is actually what's happening here it's like i was like and they're doing a good job of avoiding me like they would even shoot down asteroids when they got in the way of our flight path like i was just like oh yeah man they really are active and it feels like they are doing stuff with a purpose that's programmed in, but has to also like adjust to what you decide to do. Like I was pretty impressed by that in a lot of ways. Yeah. I feel like the game is really responsive to your actions in general. Like that's one of the things I'm most impressed by. I'll get into something that happened later on, but like 
it really has a lot of. So I'm sorry. I, why don't you guys talk a little bit about more about story? You're like, back I, in the as story. I said, like when I, I was like, I hadn't quite gotten to the point where the main antagonist actually appeared. Like I was still doing the student stuff by that time. Okay. So oh. why don't you guys kind of like after like. You know, that Astro mission, and we're like fighting the students, and kind of everything's revolving around the students. What kind of happens from there? You want me to go, uh, Willie, or do you, you want to take over? Uh, absolutely. Go so, next. It, for the next few missions, it's still just focused on the Vasudans until ne- until you're now doing an escort mission for just like a, uh, like a little, a small freighter, essentially. And as you're nearing your objective, your objective, all of a sudden these random ships out of nowhere. And throughout the entire mission, you can, there's like, a, there's the, you're attacking the Vasudans still at this point, but there is a battle off in the distance and they're just getting annihilated by, the Vasudans are getting annihilated by this random bunch of ships. Then all of a sudden, yeah. Which you can't even yeah. target with your own systems. If you try to mouse over them and click on it, nothing happens. If you hit the T button, you can't pick them up. They're just blurs yeah. At this point, you can't target them. They at this also at this point, you don't have any shields. But the, this these ships at this point, they're they're the Shivans. They they have a shielding system that you cannot penetrate with your weapons, and they just obliterate the ship that you were trying to defend. And then at the, for the next several missions, you're just trying to figure out a way, how can we target them? How can we get a shielding system? How can we develop weapons to be able to fight them against? So you, you can definitely tell through the voice acting, these are desperate times. And at this and also at this point, the Vasudans are like, okay, we're kind of fucked here. We need to work together in order for us to defeat the enemy. So that that's when the Terrans and the Vasudans form an alliance. But not the- all of the Vasudans. There's also a splinter group called the Hammer of Light that does not love the idea that you've broken up this incredibly <laughs> awesome war that they've been loving. And they absolutely just want to destroy both, basically everyone. They end up aligning, they essentially align with the Shivans because, like, they end up coming in together at times. They do. They do. It's, uh, it's real. <laughs> I mean... It's, it wouldn't be a free space game if there were only three factions. I, I, I will say, I mean, I guess this is sort of a spoiler for Free Space 2. Do you want to hear hear this? Sure, go ahead. I probably and won't basic, remember by the time we base, play it. Basically, there's going to be a confederate a confederacy for the Terrans as well in Free Space 2. So, like, the same thing you have with the Hammer of Light. You have, I think they're called, like, the Neo-Terran Confederates. Yeah, Neo-Terran okay. Front, the NTF. Yeah, it makes sense. But then, uh, yeah. at this point, you you you're finally uh, after a few raids against uh, some Shivan depots. You you've developed the shields. You've uh, you've figured out how to track their ships, and you've developed weapons. And now you're basically going on the offensive. Even though it seems like every mission the Shivans are just constantly kicking your ass. So does this give you? But the way this it leads like so, more resource oh, sorry, management please. type stuff now too that you have shields and different types of ammo to use to fight against them. It does. It go. yes, you you do have to manage the shields separately, um, which does involve like 
you know how in uh, TIE Fighter, the shield had the front and back half? Yeah. You had to like press a button to equalize them? There's four quadrants to the shields in okay. this game, but it's otherwise a really similar mechanic. And you can also, like in Free Space, or like in uh, TIE Fighter, you can shift your energy between oh, the okay. weapons, your shields, and your engines. And as the game progresses, you're... You do get to uh, you get new ships because new ships become developed, and each one has mm-hmm. its own characteristic in terms of speed, maneuverability, armor, uh, and then also we- weapons and missiles. Okay, and it's yeah. always just like and even between matches, you can choose like to load out your ship with different missiles if you don't like the default ones that it's given you. Like you can be like, you know what? I know it wants me to be a Hercules class heavy fighter, but I'd like to be a Valkyrie interceptor. And you could just do yeah. that. It'll let you switch them out as long as it's like available. But there's also like a limited number of resources, so you can't just put everything. Like you can't make your whole team like Valkyries. There'll be like yeah. three Valkyries available or something like that. Uh, so let's see what else. But yeah, uh, so we were up to basically like every mission you're going to. You're doing. I, sure, I just sure. wanted to expand on what you were just saying. Like you're you're. Because it, the thing is, the game the game has a really good balance of, like, the narrative is crafted as much through the actual missions as it is through, like, the mission reports and stuff. Like, you're going out there getting close to things to scan them so you can find it. And, like, there's even a mission way later in the game. Well, no, we'll get to that mission later, I think. Um, but, like, you're, like, I don't know, it feels like... Like, early on, one of the main goals is to capture a Shivan vessel so we can study their uh, technology and, and to this study is, their stuff. And I'm sorry, so, this like, is the a first capital time- ship. A Shiva capital ship. Yes, I think we capture yeah. a cruiser, I believe. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Proceed. Hell yeah. No, I think but, that was but, basically it. Like, that's one of the main early on goals is to capture a Shivan uh, cruiser. And we finally pull it off, and we bring it back to a... Uh, a, a big, powerful station that is like one of the main science capitals of the world, and then um, all yep, that's when loose. you figure out, and you actually see it in the opening cutscene to this game. The ship that comes through, it's just like, oh my god, it's not for students. They're not for students. That ship, you 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 find out, it's called the Lucifer. The Lucifer. That's a name. The it, Lucifer. That's, it that's is a hell of a name. It is the ult. It's the ultimate ship of the game. It's the big bad of the game. And that's when I said, Nate, when you, I messaged you earlier saying like, there's one thing I want to reach before I, uh, before we do the podcast, I was literally saying, I want to see this, uh, the Lucifer in a mission before nice. we, uh, we actually get going. <laughs> Cause the Lucifer is, it, it's classified as a destroyer by the Terran command, but it's actually it's- more of a super destroyer. It's the only ship in the game. The only capital ship in the entire Free Space series, in fact, that has shields. cannot be penetrated. Yeah, it, it's literally impossible to damage mm. the shields, period. Wow. But yeah, you find out th- through just like a mission briefing, this station has been decimated all from this one Lucifer-class ship. And that's when you're just going, what the fuck? Just when you thought that something good is coming your way, the game just slaps you in the face. It's like, nope. Now you have a, a the biggest threat in the franchise. Yeah. So because we thought we were going to re we, we thought we were going to reverse engineer Shiva technology and all that. We got their shields. We got their we got the tracking ability and all that. But no, we're not getting their weapons. The moment we haul one of their ships in, it immediately summons the <laughs> the devil to come and destroy. You know. And the, the Lucifer is also the only ship in Free Space One that has a beam weapon. It literally shoots like just like straight up beams that like rip through and take out like twelve percent of a destroyer's health in one blast. Are destroyers kind of uh, like your tank style ships? 
So, do you remember the the Star Destroyers in Star Wars? Yeah, yeah. Like the huge-ass triangle-shaped ships that the, the, the Empire uses, yeah. like, their flagships? That is, like, the top class of ship in this game for the most part. It's, like, the the like the one ship you're assigned to early on, the Galatea, that is, like, the flagship of the Terran fleet. And that's, uh, that's a destroyer. Okay. And, uh, it, do it, get it, it do get destroyed. <laughs> it does. It's a very – actually, I just completed this mission is – it's been heavily damaged, and the entire mission, you know, for 10, 15 minutes straight, you're you're attacking enemy squadrons, just like trying to protect the ship. And just when you're like, oh, okay, I think we're in the, in the clear, the Lucifer beams in and destroys the Galate. And you're just like, again, another slap in the face. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the whole plot does a great job of managing, like, tension and then release and then like you think you have a win and it like it gets blown back up in your face and all that but there is one hope which is at one point a Vasudan ship is destroyed by the lucifer and it their escape pod warps into uh altarian space and somewhere around altair they discover an undiscovered planet and on that planet they discover a message from a society that Despite the fact this clearly happened thousands of years ago, was clearly destroyed by the Sheevans. Hmm. So they find out that there was an ancient civilization that was destroyed by these guys. And so, like, there's a lot of messages you get throughout the game. Like, these weird cutscenes are like, we thought ourselves a proud race or whatever. And that's, like, translations of the mm-hmm. ancient message. And so one of the final the final push is to get, like, xeno xenolinguists to that place so that they can translate the ancient message and find out, you know, what did they have to tell us about the ancients. So it sounds it like the Shivans themselves are, like, have these centuries or even millennia of technological advances upon anything that you could have had as your race. Since these races you consider ancients were destroyed by the Shivans... Well, when you look at the ships compared yeah. to your own, you can definitely tell that they've they're a lot more advanced than you are. Like even uh, it's classified as a destro- just a normal destroyer called the Eva. When you when you look at it compared to say your ship the Galate, you can definitely tell that it's just like yeah, this the Eva it would just destroy the Galate with no no problem whatsoever. The Shivans are just so far advanced but it's just by sheer hope and you know basically story you know the the script of the game you're able to push through yeah you basically find out that um basically the ancients were a conquering society kind of like a roman empire they just took everything they could and the shivans came back like the immune system of the universe and came to destroy them for conquering and extinguishing so many Mm -hmm. sentient species before them and now that you've pushed into subspace the shivans basically see you the same way as they see the ancients and so they've come to stop humanity and the Vasudans from becoming like that kind of plague that they themselves basically are Yep. Yeah, and they immediately prove that by at the beginning of uh, mm. I believe chapter three, completely destroying Aww. the Vasudan homeworld. Jeez, they you know what they remind me of Daleks. Yeah, they're kind of not too far off from the Daleks, except they they don't need, yeah they just they want to exterminate. 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 And there is only one time you see an actual Shivan in person, and that is a th- just through a cutscene. 
yeah, a boarding party gets to a Shivan ship, and you see a cutscene of them trying to board, and we finally see what one of the Shivans looks like in person. And oh, golly, yeah, it's pretty it, scary. I guess like a giant mechanical bio spider, essentially, but it just c- c- not just destroys this boarding party with very little effort. Yeah. So do you see what the Vasudans look like too? Are they? Are they... Yeah, the, you you meet you talk to once you make an alliance with the Vasudans, you're pretty much talking to Vasudans all the time. There's even like this cool thing where the Vasudans' voice is like, and then like the voice over top is like translating it like, that was pretty uh, okay. good for a terror. Yeah, I'm looking. I just had to Google a picture of what they look like. <laughs> they they just kind of like weird brown brown like yeah. fish fish eye cool. type dudes, I think. But yeah, to progress with the story, uh, you do eventually find out that the Lucifer does have a weakness, and the only way you can attack it is through subspace. And that's what you have. Yeah, shields do not work in subspace. So basically, you at this point you developed a bomber called called an Ursa, and the, you know, there's also a uh, a bomb called a Harbinger. Harbinger. And Harbinger. however it's pronounced, yep, exactly. That's it, Dalton. Uh, you you follow you follow it into subspace, and then you just do an all-out attack on the on the Lucifer. And even then, it's it's very difficult to do because the ship has five reactors. Yeah, it's set up in a very fun final boss way where you have to destroy all five reactors within like eight minutes Ooh. or something like that, or else it'll come through the soul system and glass the earth. Like it Stay did to the target. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but if you when you beat the mission, it does end in a very cool way. The the subs uh, subspace portal cre- forms and you see all your fighters escape and then you see the Lucifer as it's blowing up slowly make its way out the portal and then the portal just like closes in on itself and it's severed basically it's severed the head off the Lucifer nice. yeah and you you find out you're basically in, really the, in the moon's orbit looking at earth that's how close it was for a, for the Lucifer succeeding with its mission yeah, it's a cool looking ship too, though. I like that a lot. The Lucifer. Yeah, it looks like a, a giant ass bee, basically. Oh, I, I, sp- I put it in chat. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love. I, oh yeah, I bro. love that design. Yeah, that's something I think this game did a really good job of. I thought the ship designs, even what the little ones that I saw were really well done. I thought, I thought they were really cool looking. Yeah, I agree. And each race has its own really unique design philosophy, too. Like, the Terrans have this really, like, post-NASA-style mm-hmm. angular style. The Vasudans have this, like, really curvaceous stuff. Like, the cur- the the the, the, the uh, Vasudan stuff is all named mm-hmm. after, like, Egyptian mythology and stuff. And then, like, the Shivans characters are all named after, like, Chthonic mythology. Like, various demons and hells and infernos and stuff. Hence the Bosonus being named, like, the Lucifer. And, like, not to spoil too much, but there's a similarly huge Lucifer-esque ship in game 2 <laughs> called the Sathanus. Nice. Yeah. Well, well, Which is, I think, maybe the scariest thing mm-hmm. I've ever seen in a video game. I'm really not trying to exaggerate too much, but I swear to God, I don't think anything has rattled me as I mean, much it as It definitely Sathanus. has an incredible intro to the series. And you're just going... Yeah, and this is supposed to be a fir- like a first person combat shooter, and it this was like a horror element to it. 
I honestly thought Free Space 2 was like Well, it's like what you said in one of our Halloween like, episodes. Like, you know, we were talking about Greatest Fears, and you said yours was scale. So, like, that tracks. Yeah. 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 Agreed. <laughs> uh, Willie, did you have a favorite ship? To play as? Or, like, uh, a just a capital sh- playable ship? ship? One that you always went and loved going back to. Um, like, man, this was... This is... <clears throat> I would be honest. So this is the weird thing is like coming back into this game, like one of the things about Free Space 2 that I really loved was like you're very, very agile with almost every ship. And I remember in Free Space 2, like the Hercules, which is a mm-hmm. heavy fighter in this game, was basically treated as like a great war relic and it sucked to play as in Free Space 2. I actually really me, enjoyed me playing as a Herc in this game. I thought it was because like really It has powerful. six turrets and I always uh, equipped mm-hmm. it with what's called a Banshee laser. And a thing is supposed to just de- yeah, decimate shields awesome. and armor. Yeah, it's, it's specifically a, a weapon based to just right. chew through sheep and shields. It seems like that would be very, very useful. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So Unfortunately, you don't get it until fairly like, late in the uh, um, A ship in, like, the Rebel, Gal- Rebel Galaxy, good God, <laughs> the Rebel Army in Star Wars. If the, if like the Herc A-wing. were a ship if the Herc were a ship in uh, Star Wars, okay. it would be a, yes. a B-Wing. A ship that's kind of in between a bomber yeah. and a, a, a tie interceptor. Whereas the Valkyrie, which is a ship I mentioned earlier, okay. would be closer to mm-hmm. the A-wing. It's an interceptor. Yeah, because like I remember in like X-wing versus for X-wing versus Tower, I was like playing as an A-wing. <laughs> yeah, you would like the Valkyrie a lot. I would mm-hmm. recommend picking the Valkyrie when it's available because it is very fast and very good at like like when I get to that hardest mission in the game, which is the one where you have to uh, escort. Uh, there's a the the demon class. The, uh, destroyer Ava versus uh, mm-hmm. the Hope. I think it might have been the Hope. It was one of those large uh, destroyers. Like if you can't get out there and intercept the bombers, you're screwed. And even then, you probably still need to shoot bombs. That down. is an option. You luckily bombs in this game are very slow and very easy to identify because you just see the slow moving green trail moving across, and you just you can you can shoot mm-hmm. them down. Beware! Don't be too close because the shockwave will hurt you. By the way, I want to say that I died more to shockwaves <laughs> than to any other form of mission failure. I, I literally was too near to a ship that I was being a hero and trying to blow up, or I was too near to one of the kamikazes that were trying to attack the Sam... Or, not Sam Dick, that's a that's two. game. Um, that's two, yeah. Too near one of the kamikazes uh, that was trying to attack the Hope, I think, I, it was either I think it was either the Hope or the Galate, one of the two. It may have been the Galate. Yeah. Oh, but the, the the coolest thing is, oh my god, I forgot. There's even a mission where you fly a stolen Sheevan dragon fighter mm-hmm. in Sheevan space. It's called Playing Judas. And your goal is to just scan everything, but don't get scanned by the other fighter ships. So you don't want to let the fighters get into your space, or else they will, like, scan you and the jig will be up. So you're, like, scanning transports, trying to figure out what the Sheevans are trying to pass through. And then the, the Ava, which is a demon And then the Lucifer fault. This is, the, this is the first time through. in the game where you <laughs> see the the Ava and the Lucifer on screen. You know, before it's always just either during a cutscene or during a briefing. So you see the ships, and you're just going, "Oh my yeah. god, I am a dwarf compared to this these massive ships." It's like try to get into the uh, Lucifer's fighter bay, and it's like they only tell you to do that so you can look through the whole ship and be like, "Oh my god, how do I find the? This thing is it's, five miles I guess, long." <laughs> I guess equivalent to like a at the start of Star Wars Episode Four, the uh, the Rebel cruiser getting yeah. sucked inside the uh, Star Destroyer. Think of that size comparison when you're playing that level against like the Lucifer and wow. the Ava. 
By the way, that that that's actually a Corvette class ship. Oh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> actually, show, show, shows how much I care about Star Wars. Bazinga! Yeah, it's no, <laughs> it's no free space. Bazinga! B- Bazingas! Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. <laughs> 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 oh man! <clears throat> so obviously, like this game had a big impact on you guys. Like you guys really thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, is there more you want to touch on? One thing I was really surprised. One thing I was really surprised by going back to it was I remember the game having a lot of Vasudan versus Terran battles up front, and I remember having like a long struggle with the Hammer of Light. And I thought there was a lot more filler than there was, but I basically played it through in one ten-hour sitting, and it was like I felt really impactful the whole way. Yeah, through. this game isn't incredibly long. I looked it up. There's only thirty-two missions, and each mission is probably about ten to twenty mm-hmm. minutes long. So the fact that you were able to beat this in ten minutes really, I think, just adds to the fact that how great this game is. Because like, oh wow, this was great. I was trying on a, I was trying a, a harder difficulty because you there are five difficulties from. I did play it on the default difficulty, which was easy, so um, I did think that the dogfighting was really unnecessarily simple, and I probably will replay it on medium later. When we play FS2, I'm definitely going to play it on medium instead, because I felt like I didn't get anything out of the dogfighting. I just felt like I was just stalking prey and eating them alive for the most part. (laughs) And it does affect the way the ships handle, or uh, uh, the power-wise, I mean. Oh! I did have one thing I wanted to bring up that I thought was really cool, which was on the mission Paving the Way, which is the one where there's this uh, big-ass destroyer that's going through the asteroid belt. You and one other pilot are just clearing all these asteroids, and nothing happens for like seven minutes. Alpha 2 (laughs) managed to somehow die during that part of the mission. She just, like, I'm like, she and I are just clearing out asteroids, and all of a sudden I hear, damn it, and I look over and she's just dead. I don't know how she managed to die because there's there's three options here. Number one, she ran into an asteroid, which, okay, yeah, you can run into asteroids, but that only does like 3% damage. So she would have had to run into an <laughs> asteroid a whole bunch of times. Number two, she may have run into, or she may have been hit by the destroyer, which was going at a cool <laughs> eight miles per hour. So if that rammed her to death, that's bad. Or three... She didn't see the destroyer, which is like a three mile long ship, and flew into it, and it just kept holding the accelerator in well, until your she died. Two was a lot more dumb than mine was. Mine was very competent. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I went and replayed the mission just to make sure that wasn't happening, like wasn't supposed to happen. But the funniest part was when I replayed the mission, I realized, oh, she has like dialogue, but the destroyer itself actually took over some of her dialogue when like. Obviously, something happens at the end of the mission, and they're like, you know, bombers jumping in or whatever. Usually, she's supposed to go out and take out the bombers, and you just hang out Mm -hmm. and keep on killing the asteroids. But the destroyer itself had to send the message, and so, like, there was a separate voice-acted line that was like, uh, enemy bombers were approaching. And it's like, oh, wow, they actually counted on that happening. Like, they knew the AI would sometimes be stupid and kill itself for no reason, and they they prepared for for it. And, like, there's so much weird branching. For or maybe they the counted game. on you really being cool. an asshole and killing your <laughs> teammate. Maybe, maybe I would have Maybe I would have killed her, yeah. Maybe I would have team killed. Although, if you team kill too hard, the game calls you a traitor, and then just absolutely every <laughs> ship on your team tries to kill you. So, nice. I wouldn't have liked your chances against the Destroyer. So, gentlemen, anything else that jumps out? Final thoughts? 
No, I can't. Before think we of, give this a rate room, I can't really think of anything. We discussed I th- I think, a, a lot of the major points to, yeah. the, to the gameplay, the the story. It's just, yeah, I don't, I don't know what more you can we can add. Unless, can you think of anything, Willie? Um, I only have one thing I wanted to bring up Sweet. during the rating part itself. That's about okay. it. Well then, we'll hop into that. Um, <clears throat> let's start with me and Nate because ours will probably be shorter. Um, I'm going to give this game a default seven, and here's why. I didn't get a chance to play enough of it to give it a good rating, but from what I've seen of it, like watching people on YouTube and then like hearing you guys talk about it, I know that this absolutely was a gem of its time. So I don't think it deserves anything less than a seven, but I can't give it any more because I didn't get to experience it. But I think, you know, maybe I'll get some drama mean, pop a drama mean and give it another shot, you know? Mm-hmm. And I personally think I gave it a little bit more than time into it than Dalton did, it sounds like, and got a little bit more out of it. Um, and just hearing y'all too, especially the joy that it gives both of you is like really impactful onto me too. Like, it's like, and I could tell just from play, the little bit that I did play, this is a really good game and it makes me excited to play Free Space 2 and hopefully I'll have time to be able to dedicate myself to beating that entire game. But as far as this one goes, like, yeah, man, eight, I'm going to go a little bit higher in Dalton because I think it deserves it. I'm going to give it eight Vasudans out of 10 Terrans. You know what? I'll strike mine, and I will agree with Nate. <laughs> Eight. Well, I, I guess I'll uh, I'll go next. Uh, I mean, obviously, everything I've said, I praised about it, and I think you guys even heard me say in the past, this series is my favorite game, my favorite PC yep. game of all time. So I I can't, in good conscience, give it anything less than a ten out of ten. Hell yeah! All right, this game is Hell just yeah. perfect to me. So here's the way. Last Christmas, I played this game one time. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. I'm only five days away now. We are not doing Last Christmas. So I played this game years, like about a decade ago. This after playing a ton of Free Space mods and all that, and I didn't enjoy it because I thought I remembered it being a little unfulfilling, a little slow paced, and a little all of that. I'm playing this having not played Free Space Two in a while, and because of that, like. I, f- I find the Herc fulfilling to fly. I find all these things that I thought were a little weak about it to be, like, things that they would get better later in the series, but, like, really good. Like, I didn't realize that the pacing was this strong, that every mission you'd be striking up a new piece of technology off of the Sheevens or defending a really important point or losing an important point, because there are missions where you intend, or not intentionally, but where you lose the primary objective because there's nothing you could do about it. That feeling of hopelessness, that, like, incredible scripting of this game, like, actually blew me away i went into this expecting to give this game an eight because i love free space 2 but thought it was a drag i'm gonna give it a nine and a half i actually honest to god got so absorbed into it that i wanted to tear myself away and told myself i would take a break at the end of what the Hardlight wiki lists as the act breaks i told myself i would stop playing for an hour at each of those breaks I couldn't even keep myself away for an hour either time. I literally went back. I can verify that because I was chatting G chat on G chat with Willie talking about the game, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm ready to fly the plane again." Like 15 minutes after closing out of the game. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like, this was amazing. This was way better than I remembered it. And if this is as good as I remembered it and that much better, I can't wait until we get into the Shivan incursion into Wolf 239 and the rest of those systems. I will, oh, I will yeah. also say there is an expansion pack to this game called The Silent Threat. And that one's basically kind of like a, uh, a Black Ops uh, intelligence mission where you're working for... I, I think it's called like the GTI, the uh, Galactic Terran Intelligence, and you're working. You're specifically yeah. working for special ops, so you're doing like uh, what? What's the term like? Uh, Infiltration. It's off the books. You're doing like off the books missions, like you know, ah. unofficial. So it gives it a little more of that kind of feel to it, you know, and the story matches it. I may check that out, but my god, I was looking through that list of missions, all those Free Space 2 mods I remember loving, and I just, I really want to get back in there and play Derelict again, because the plot of that one also involves you towing the corpse of the Lucifer through okay. space, and oh well, my Jeff, god. just know that you're on deck for any future Free Space games we play. <laughs> oh, that makes me happy. And I will speak, when you, uh, I logged on Gnosis for the first time and saw all the, uh, the fan-made games for, for the, I was just like, holy mm-hmm. shit. Cause I was a, the only one I was aware of. Actually, there's two that uses this engine, the free, uh, free space open engine. One of them was called Blue Planet. And that, that, and that, uh, I think yeah, that one I came out. Blue Planet too. It's a very I anime one, right? Don't recall. I think it's. I think it still looks the same, but they tr- they tried to get a little more creative with it. I think this was like 2003 or when that when they finally uh, created uh, Blue Planet. But then the one that really gets me excited because you know this is also my favorite franchise for consoles is Star Fox Event Horizon. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, dude. To, I can't wait to hear what you think about that. <laughs> I got to find. So we may, we may spend some more time in the free space. Yeah, I mean, I got to find out a way we'll to uh, get it downloaded. I just know that. But we I have, just I have to try. We have this Nosos thing, so if it comes up when Steamy's deciding to pull randomizer stuff one day, it could happen. Hmm. Anything could happen in the World Wrestling Federation. That's right. <laughs> I don't know whose voice that was supposed to be. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It sounded like you also you did a Vince McMahon, but you did like a uh, commentator <laughs> Vince McMahon voice, like back before they told him as like back before he was in canon supposed to be the lead, back when he just ran the company, but was just like <laughs> what a maneuver. What a maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good free space talk. Like I really love hearing you two, you two especially talk about it, like the passion yeah, for it, and it's I just agree. great to hear people love something. <laughs> It's like it's kind of why I kind of just sat back and watched. I'm just like I'm just listening and enjoying. Yeah. Like me like, and you did. It's like a live retrospective. We didn't need to be on this episode, Dalton. <laughs> yeah, they're right. We're just here for garnish. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that'll lead us into fan questions for the week, huh? Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's let's just yeah. let's just jump right in to it. An hour and thirty minutes into the episode, um, this first question <laughs> comes from Adam. What was your? I love this question so much that I bumped it up to the front of the list because I know we skipped some questions last week, but I really like this question, so I made it the first one for the week. So this comes in from Dalton hasn't decided Dal- yet. Oh my god, yeah, he's oh, he just Dalton. Oh, just on his oh, face. Oh poor Dalton. I'll go, go last. Make a choice ahead. pretty soon, buddy. Right. We'll let you. We'll let you go last. We'll let you go last. I'll All go right. first. This comes in from our Aussie buddy Adam. Um, what was your favorite game or a game that you would play from the year you were born? 
for Adam, and I forgot what year he was born because I'm garbage, but his was the original Sim City. 1989. 1989. I looked it up. All right. So let's start with our handsome guest host this week. Jeff, what was your favorite game from the year that you were born? Well, thank you for the compliment, you sexy bastard. Uh, so I was born in 1987, and I actually got you to play this on a stream one day and you I think you did like three playthroughs and you you told me you loved it and to this day I still love it that's Guerrilla War yeah. for the original NES it was one of those games that I was just surprised that I had I'd never really played through before but like Jeff you were like play this on stream play this on stream I'm like alright man I'll play this on stream just for you and I got into it I was like Man, this is a game that you could actually just sit and play through the entire game multiple times. Like, if you had this as a kid, I could just see you sitting there playing that for, like, beating it five times a day for all all summer vacation. <laughs> well, me, me and my brother, we would play that game all the time because you can do uh, co-op. And the whole game uh, game is done in, like, in an hour. Yeah. So it's it's very accessible. It's very easy to beat because the continue system in that game is very forgiving. It's it's, it's just so much fun. I love the hell out of it. Yeah. And when I discovered it was it made in nineteen eighty seven, I was like, that's it. <laughs> that's the answer to this question. Yeah. Personally, my year had quite a few bangers come out. Like, here's three that are great games that aren't even the registering in the top two for me. Um, Well, first, what year? Yeah, thank you, Jeff. 1986. So, the first three that aren't in it are, like, Adventure Island, which is a great game. Like, that and Wonder Boy. Like, I know Dalton has a lot of experience with that, too. Metroid came out in 1986. And The Legend of Zelda came out in 1986. (laughs) But there are two games in particular that got me hitting my head against the wall. Like, how do I pick a favorite between these two games? So... Believe it or not, second place for me in 1986 is Dragon Quest. The original Dragon Quest came out in 1986. And if y'all ever followed my stream or anything, you know my branding was all around Dragon Quest slimes and everything. Yeah. Yeah. This is how I thought but you were going to go. Yes. Also, if you ever watched my streams, you've seen me beat this yep. game multiple times. <laughs> so, my favorite video game from yep. 1986. Yep. And honestly... Could be a top 10 video game of all time for me is Castlevania. Like, the original Castlevania was 1986. Like, y'all know how much I love that stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do. I don't know why you said you saw me beat this multiple times. My brain immediately went, oh, he's picking Predator? <laughs> no, I think that came out in 1987, actually. Uh, no, okay. it could be later than that. What year did Predator come out? It, it, I'm guessing 88 or 89. That's my yeah. guess. Yeah. Uh, I might find it. No, it did come out in 87. It did come out in 87. Oh. 87. All right. Um, it's a strong year. Hell yeah. Much. Uh, well, okay. So, I I came <laughs> out in 1985, and unfortunately, this is the easiest year of all time. There is really very little competition here. 1985 was the year that the family computer and the Mm -hmm. Nintendo Entertainment System came out, and its pack-in game is basically the game that is synonymous with video games. And as much as I would love to say that there's a game that was better that came out that year, it is impossible to argue that Super Mario Brothers isn't it. Fair enough. Fair enough. That first game, yeah, dude. I mean, I have the card over there. I have the one that's, you know, that and Duck Hunt. Together yeah, I still have mine too. I mean, really, Space yeah. Harrier came out in 1985. Are you sure? 
<laughs> I mean, Space Harrier is kind of tight. I'm not going to lie. Space Harrier is good. Gauntlet also. I mean, I thought about Gauntlet for half a second, <laughs> then I realized I didn't really like it that much. Gradius came out in 1985. It is actually a game I enjoy. Oh, Twin B. That's cool. I don't think I've played the original Twin B, though. But yeah, no, obviously, it's Super, Super Mario Bros. It's hard. It'd be really hard to not it's pick Super Mario, Super Mario Bros. Yeah. All right. I guess the that leaves me, huh? Yep. <laughs> All right, so, much like Nate, 92's got some fucking bangers that I'm not even picking, right? Um, off the top of my head, or not off the top of my head, off the top of this Wikipedia <laughs> list, um, 92 brought us games such as Dragon Quest V, Final Fantasy V, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Street Fighter 2 Champion Ooh. Edition, Super Mario Land 2 Six Golden Coins, and Super Mario Kart, Wolfenstein 3D, Alone in the Dark. This is brutal. <laughs> um... What were some of the other ones? There was one of the wizardry games, I want to say. Um, well, Wizards and Warriors 3, never mind. Uh, oh, it's Ultima Underworld, The Stygian Abyss, Where in Time is Carmen Sandiego, The Terminator, Contra 3. Like, dude, so many good games came out in 1992, but... Did you say uh, Mortal Kombat? I did not, Jeff. Thank you for stepping on my head. <laughs> <laughs> the one that I hadn't mentioned and the one that I'm going with is... Mortal Kombat. Although a game that I do have for the NES on cart right over there did also come out in 1992, and that would be Beetlejuice. But Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Oh no! (laughs) Oh no! We summoned him. I'm going the original Mortal Kombat. I do know that like later games in the series obviously perfected their shtick a little more, but like you cannot argue the impact that that first Mortal Kombat game had for sure. Yeah. So. It's one of those games that changed yeah. the world, like fucking yeah. Doom and shit. It changed what a video game could be and how both kids and adults could relate to gaming. Like I don't know, it was. It, yeah. it, was, it also so created that was so the much year of fighting games, like Street Fighter Two Championship mm-hmm. Edition and Mortal Kombat. Like that's insane. Yeah, and uh, for the second year in a row, fun fact: uh, Street Fighter Two was the highest-grossing entertainment product. Yeah, Street Fighter Two was cornered the market for such a long time, dude crazy um oh nate though for you though the best-selling sega mega drive slash genesis game was sonic the hedgehog yeah, 2. How, that is probably the best genesis sonic game like honestly it might be my favorite genesis game like sonic 2 is so good that green hill zone bro i feel like there's a very strong argument for Sonic yeah, 2 being it's the best sonic fantastic game although i think nate is probably uh Dude, frontiers, is, frontiers really frontiers Mania is really good is really good like Mania, yeah, that's yeah, Mania also. Yeah, Mania's Mania just like is Sonic Two perfect. To being my next host pick, we'll have to see. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I guess we'll, we'll go into the next question. This one comes in from Team Retro, and I wanted to do this one on this episode for sure because he was a little bit late on this question. But just luckily, we have Jeff with us. So our question from Team Retro, um, who was on our Kingdoms Family episode, if you'd like to hear from him. He looks sorry for being a little bit radio silent. I wanted to ask this question for American Truck Simulator. What was the most realistic aspect of the game? Are you allowed to get out of the truck and walk around, grab a snack at a truck stop, fall asleep at the wheel if you don't rest up? I guess the ultimate point of this question is, did you feel like a real trucker when you were playing? Jeff, what do you say? Uh, For the most part, I will say yes. But uh, some of the realistic stuff that he mentioned, like uh, grabbing a snack, or you cannot do that. The only time you can walk around your truck is when you're in a garage, like a 
customizing or doing repairs to uh what what happens if you fall uh don't fall or go too long without falling asleep i don't know i never got to that point where i mean my your vision starts when you get too tired you start having tunnel vision oh, do you yeah yeah you're, you're like yeah. uh the like the yeah that board the borders of your vision start to bl- darken like okay you're really falling asleep i was wondering but what i don't happened. know I, I don't know what happens if you go too long. I never got to that point. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I felt uh, I felt like a real trucker. I mean, obviously, yeah, I get. You. I think the game the game takes some liberties. Yeah, it tr- just got to remind you, hey, this still is a game. Yeah, I felt like but, as much of a trucker as I could playing, and I feel like like I have regrets. Yeah about that episode i (laughs) wish i would have been a little stupider i wish i would have tried to see what happened if i tried to drive my truck off a cliff i wish i would have seen what happened if i let my truck run out of gas i wish i would have found out what happened if i just decided to go on a rampage and just ram every car in the 10 mile radius but like me i good boy i follow law no do bad thing. So, <laughs> oh, I eventually started breaking laws just because it's like I I still have like over a million dollars at this point, and of course I haven't played played it since then. But it's just like fines, fuck it, get out <laughs> yeah. of my fucking way. I will say probably red the, lights mean nothing to me. I, I will say probably the dumbest thing I did was uh that's when I was doing a speed test for my truck. That's when I found out I was like, oh boy, I'm going like a hundred and ten miles an hour. Oh no, here's my exit. I basically slam on my brakes and it caused actually my truck to uh jackknife nice. i crashed into the tree and i had <laughs> immediate 100 percent damage it's like well time to uh reload an auto save <laughs> like it, the whole time i was playing the game i don't think i ever got any truck over like two percent damage i'm like i should have been so much stupider while i played this game but <laughs> <laughs> well i wanted to see yeah. what my uh, the top speed was yeah i feel that <laughs> Nate, Nate's like, we need to play this again, but we need to play it like big mother truckers <laughs> instead of playing it like American Truck Simulator. <laughs> oh, what about you two? What do you guys think? Do you feel like a trucker? I'll tell you, I felt the thing I felt most like a real trucker in was definitely when I was uh, trying to back up or otherwise manipulate the trailer. Because, my God, I just simply do not understand the physics of how backing up a truck works. And I uh, I came out of the game respecting truckers a lot more out of that because I was like, oh, God, this is hard. And I'm playing this stupid, <laughs> asshole, idiot video game version of it. I'm playing the Kerbal Space Program of being a trucker. Like, these are the actual rocket scientists out there on the road. And I'll kind of piggyback off that by saying that, like... I, I felt like a trucker for the most part, but like go and I didn't play with a steering wheel. None yeah. of us played with a wheel. You know what I mean? But like if you go and read through some of the Steam reviews where people are like, I'm an actual trucker and this is about as close to getting in a truck as it, you can in a video game. And then you have other people, you know, who say, you know, they played this with their you know, st- rig set up with the steering wheel and all of that. And then they decided they wanted to be a trucker and they went and took the license and stuff and they already knew a bunch of stuff they needed to know because the game had taught it to them. Yeah. You know, so I just think that's cool. It made me really want to play PC building simulator because I could learn <laughs> a thing or two. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I will say I did not learn a lot about fishing playing Ultimate Fishing Simulator. <laughs> no. No. Oh, you, you didn't learn sure. how to catch a barlin? I mean, 
I feel like it'd be harder in real life. Let's be real. <laughs> Mom got me Marlin. <laughs> Fish fear me. Women fear me. Oh, God, what have I done? Um, okay. So <laughs> our next question comes in from Mr. Syllables, old Jeffy Lube. What sort of games were already installed on your first computer? And I'm not going to answer this question. I'm just going to make Willie do it. This depends on what you consider to be our first computer, I suppose. Like the difference between our first Windows computer, our first home computer, our first home computer that actually Yeah, because I guess do you consider the Tandy TRS-80? Do you consider the Commodore 64? I, I was going to say that the TRS-80 color computer didn't really come installed with anything other than basic. I would probably say the uh, Commodore. We had a few educational games for it. The Commodore, I don't remember what came with it when we first got the Commodore, actually. So I guess it would be the Windows 3.1 Packard Bell, which came with a whole bunch of weird, fun, little goofy games, including, God, there was this little puzzle game where you were like a little mouse pushing cheese around. Um, God, See, I, I don't know. Like, I don't remember all those so well, like the things that came installed. What really stick out to me were more of the things we found at the um, dollar bin at the Kmart, where you would just pick up this sample or set of 500 yeah. video games on one disc. <laughs> And I just remember like, a lot of Hell random yeah. stuff. Like I remember there was this yeah, jetpack those... game where you played a Santa. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a jetpack Christmas edition. Jetpack was uh, another game that was very similar, where you could like you could make your own missions and stuff like that. Uh, there were a lot of fun little games like that. Like I, I don't know. I think like those shareware discs were like really instrumental for us, especially because I think that's probably where our first mm. exposure to uh, Doom would have come from. So. That would have been yeah. See, the first co- oh, yeah. first home computer we had, I don't know exactly what it was. I just know it was an Acer, and this thing had a, a RAM capacity of one point zero one gigabytes. Man, this thing was a beast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the uh, the three games that come to mind immediately that were already you know it was the demo versions, but you know still able to play them. First one I was a uh, Jazz Jackrabbit. Jazz Jackrabbit, an early epic and I, game. I still enjoy that. Well, I haven't played it since that computer, so I don't know how it holds up. But I remember loving it. Uh, another game that was called, uh, I think it's pronounced Tyrian. Tyrion. Tyrion! Dude, I was actually just playing that game a couple of weeks ago. I even like told these guys yeah, about I, it. That I, game was, like, I enjoyed really fun. that game a lot. And it's like a little schmuck and where you can upgrade then the your ship really relentlessly. Can just, like, you're this tiny little ship on your screen is like maybe an inch long, but yet you can have weapons that are like four inches wide. It's like <laughs> this, this doesn't physically make sense. Yeah, but but then uh, the third but game awesome. was uh this is That's how it got me into the series was the first descent. Ah, uh, it all comes uh, together. Uh, so there's our tie-in. Jeff, if you've never really looked, I believe that all of those games that you just mentioned are available on goodoldgames.com. God. <laughs> well, then I'm good. And probably most of them on Well, then I'm going to have to look up. Well. Look them up. Yeah, for sure, man. Because it might be cool for you to go back and like have that nostalgia. Trip, you know? install and play properly on Windows 10 read PC. Read through the comments first. <laughs> yeah, read through the comments first. Make sure that people can get it running. Yes, I will. <laughs> um, the games that came installed on my first PC... Oh, Kind of boring, guys. Solitaire. Kind of boring. It was like Solitaire, Spider Solitaire, Minesweeper, Minesweeper. and the Space Pinball yeah. game. Yeah. Oh, well, Space Cadet Pinball. The I other played the shit out of that. Not for sure. Lie, that game we all did. But most most of my games, like, 
were like stuff I would get like at the book fair. You know what I mean? Like I got the Sims from the book fair, mm. the original Sims. I got Revolt, which was like this whole RC car racing game that's badass, by the way. It still holds up. Um, and then like Ultimate Ride, which was just this 3D game made by Disney Imagineers that uh, you could just create roller coasters. Like you didn't own a park there was no park simulation to it you just built roller coasters and i remember being able to build a coaster on the surface of a planet like or like a moon and i would just like build super far up like out of the atmosphere and then do a giant drop down back and it was it was fun reminds me of rocco's modern life (laughs) yeah absolutely Ah, okay so this next one comes in from kana who asks What's the first game you bought with your own money? This is one I was just trying to rack my brain. Like, what was the first game I bought with my own money? See, that's a, Cause a lo- really hard one. Yeah. Because a lot of the games my my brothers have already bought, or I just... Like, I when I bought my PS2 for my friend, he, he gave me everything of his. So all that was, like, $80. But it's just like the first game that I chose myself, I believe, was Ace Combat 5. The Unsun War. Nice. The, the, yeah. Fun fact, the last game I played before I bought my PS3. <laughs> oh, nice. <clears throat> oh, man. My brain tells me it was probably Grand Theft Auto 3 because my parents were probably like, no, you can buy that for yourself if you want that game. <laughs> we're not buying that for you. But like... um. <laughs> But part of me also thinks that maybe, like, I had gotten, like, birthday money and then went to, like, got a PlayStation 1. And I almost guarantee you it was a wrestling game back then. So, Mm -hmm. I promise you that my first game that I spent my money on was more than likely a wrestling game. Like, SmackDown 2 or maybe PS2 Here Comes the Pain. You know, something. Like, one thing that always sticks out in my brain is, like... Well, we've been buying video games for ourselves since we were very young. Like, mom would was awesome and would take us to the used yeah. video game store, pawn shops and stuff to pick up video games from a very young age. And, like, whatever allowance. We would save our yeah, $5 dollar a week allowance. Funko Land or wherever. Before Funko Land even existed, I feel like some of them. It was, it was Funko Land was the main one we would go to because they had the big sheet that had the NES game prices. Yeah, it's like trying to think of what the prices. first one I got was. I have no idea because I've been buying NES games since as far back as I can literally remember. <laughs> that was definitely, a re- especially a really big, like, late, like, middle school experience for us was buying those back when they were, like, the prices had cratered on NES yeah. games because all the other systems were huge. I could tell you what my first major purchase with my own money was because I kind of did a weird scumbag move with it. Uh, so I was sent to um, a kind of uh, educational summer camp thing in North Carolina. I don't want to be more specific than that. But mom and dad basically sent me with like $120 to take care of myself while I was there. And I held on to all but like, I held on to $80 of it. So when I got back nice. home, I could buy a used Sony PlayStation. Nice. Brilliant. Because I just really wanted to play for <laughs> that's, that's where that came from. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> That's amazing. Now I you know the that. rest of the story. That's yeah, awesome. I spent literally almost no money there, so I would have that money because I'd never had a hundred dollars yeah. before in my so, life. Like, I'm trying to think about something old school. About like I can't really think of anything. Like 
obviously I bought like NES games when I was really young. But when I first started getting back into video games, the first system I bought was a Wii. Because it was like right after I graduated college, I went and got a Wii. And the first game that I remember buying specifically for it was Donkey Kong Country Returns. So, like, obviously that's not the first game I bought for my own money. But that's one that sticks out in recent enough year that I can remember doing it and which game it was. Nice. Mm -hmm. That was a fun question. Yeah. Thank you, Connor. We all had to really rack our brains for it. We came up with some interesting And then this answers. one comes in from Adam. What's the oldest game you can enjoy as is? No mods, no texture packs, no remaster? That's any game I play. The only game that I play with uh, with mods or even uh, texture packs is Skyrim. Maybe Fallout 4. I mean, oldest game I can think of that I play semi-regularly with no mods, texture packs, or remasters, it's really old. Donkey Kong. I fucking love Donkey Kong. I'll go whenever I go to the arcade. That's the first thing I look for is just good old Donkey Kong. I've seen him do it. He's, he's not even lying. <laughs> uh. Dalton, you're, you're next because my answer is the, the worst. I mean, I've played some of the early Ultima games and they don't bother me. Like, you know, I, to me, graphics are a great addition like like if they look fantastic that's cool but if they don't it that's fine too because it's like i'm all about the story in the gameplay yeah like i'm definitely a gameplay boy yeah. like have you ever watched me stream like old nes games i obviously i'm not playing remasters here <laughs> yeah <laughs> for sure and uh yeah man i just don't know to, to the point that like for instance when i was playing uh wonder boy when we did me and ryan did wonder boy for the show um i played a lot of that game in the the mode that was the Sega Master System graphics yeah. and sound, you know, as opposed to the new one, which made me want to buy it for my Sega Master System. Then I saw the price and I was like, well, that might can wait a little while. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Will? Well, I, at least all y'all picked games that were made after you. Donkey Kong, come on now. Um, personally, I'm in, a, I'm in a maze of twisty little passages all alike. Adventure or Colossal Cave from 1976. <laughs> it doesn't have graphics, so you don't need graphics. But I enjoyed trying to play that game. I've never finished it. I just open it up every now and then, try to map it out as best as I can, and then get kind of frustrated and give up because mm. it's still pretty tough. Like there's a version a of Colossal game. Cave on GOG. I just don't know what it is. It's like a, it's a text event. I mean the. It, you should be able to find the game available for free at this point because I don't even think the developers. Well, I think alive. this might be like a a graphical version of it, and then I think that because uh, that was Roberta Williams joint, right? No, but Roberta Williams and uh, Ken Williams are working on like a VR remake of it. That's right. That's right. She she really enjoyed that game. Is what it was. Like they had like Colossal Game and Adventure. Yeah. yeah, it was like a big influence on early uh, Sierra. Okay. Cool. Huh. I think that's like the earliest game nice. I played and enjoyed. All right. This question is from Adam as well, who asks, what are your gaming New Year's resolutions? Like, for example, if you want to play a certain amount of games or something like that. Um, could dive right into that because I have a really stupid one that I plan on doing this year. It's not anything too intense, but what I want to do is play every Sonic game that I own on Steam that I haven't played yet. <laughs> so that's not a whole lot, but it's okay. something I've been wanting to do for a while. So, like, And they're not... There's only one good one out of the bunch that I haven't really played yet. So it's um, Sonic CD, which I've played a little bit. I don't really love, but I want to try to beat it for once. Sonic the Hedgehog 4 Episode 2. 
Sonic <sighs> Lost World. Oh no. And Sonic Generations. <laughs> I'm going to save Sonic Generations for last. <laughs> okay. What about you, Jeff? You got any gaming resolutions? I guess the one that it just popped into my mind now, and thanks to uh, thanks to Willie with a Gnosis, I guess I can uh, start playing some more free, free space, all these fan-made games, oh, yeah. and also I'll add it to my list. I want to play Star Fox Event Horizon. Oh, yeah. I, I, again, I highly recommend Derelict. I think that was, like, my favorite one, because they're, like, this cool combination of, like, horror like it really did a great job of expanding on the original mm. like free space vibes well i look forward to that <clears throat> all right was that what about you um I, I say this every now and then but i'd like to reach 1500 in chess this year on uh let's say on rapid on chess.com okay um i have one for me and i have one for the show Okay. All right. So the one for me is I would like to play Trails in the Sky second chapter. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, for for the show or or even just fucking in my own time. But like I'm at the point now where I'm like I need to know what happens <laughs> next. We're gonna do it for the show. Calm down. You could probably recommend it. For I mean, the next I, game I, I could, but I'm not going to. Fair. Um, but the uh the one for the show, and we kind of we kind of hashed this out on off air but i'm gonna i'm gonna put it here in in paper so we are we are committed to uh, it right so we have a game of the year that we're going to do next year oh yeah because nice i Let's do go. not want to try to force you guys to cram persona 5 into say a yeah. month right because there's a lot of game there so what i want to do is Starting in January, like from January to December, like we can play Persona 5. Now, we might do like a first impressions episode one week or, you know, for, for a thing. But then we're, we're just not going to touch it again until we either beat it or we're all close enough that we feel like we can do a good episode on it. And that's that's just my want for the it. year. It's already it's done. You know? It's happening. So. Persona 5 as background yeah. radiation for the year. Love it. If we play an hour a week, <laughs> we should get most of the yeah, way through. Absolutely, the <laughs> that's um, not at all a scary way to play. So yeah, it. those are mine. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, what's the next question? All oh, right, our next one. What were your go-to games as a preteen? Preteen. I'm going to say so anywhere we from 13. ten to fourteen. I think it's fine. Yeah. So tween instead. Uh. Hmm. Now, dude, Nate, I feel like we played a shitload of Mortal Kombat 2. Like, <laughs> I had, honest uh, to God. That was, was that not what exactly what I was thinking of. And it depends. The one I'm thinking of Street Fighter Alpha 3. Oh, that's also a great fig. Dude, we spent a load of time just, like, in summers especially, just bashing each other's brains in in fighting games, learning each other's best characters. And being like, I gotta learn how to beat his Sagat. I gotta learn how to beat his, you know. Yeah. I'm looking know, forward to you getting Street Fighter characters. 5 installed and me and you just getting on voice one night and just going stupid on it. Um, another one that... Hell yeah, dude. That sounds awesome. Heck, I hope you uh, yeah. you downloaded yesterday's Epic game, yeah, right? You did? Yeah, I got it, okay, yeah. Cool. But We're another one that sticks out to me, and I know Dalton can hard relate to this one. I was 12 to 13 when this game was... We were playing this one a lot. was Final Fantasy VIII. Yes, bitch! <laughs> so, like, between those two fighting games and Final Fantasy VIII, like, those were, like, my teen preteen era games um 
um, the ones that immediately jumped out to me thinking in my head because I'm thinking like preteen teen uh, that was probably around PS2 era for me um, so I'm thinking like Ratchet and Clank Jack and Daxter uh, Crash Bandicoot um, what was uh, hold on let me peer over at my PS2 games oh Guitar oh, Hero yeah. oh which but speaking of let me let me just run through this real quick I got Clone Hero set up right I ordered an adapter yes. for my red sg ps2 guitar hero controller and it works it works uh i need to probably fiddle with the calibration just a slight bit because it's an older controller but um let me go ahead and tell you guys something i did not realize that people were as good at making these things as they are and i also did not realize that guitar hero was pretty nice for not throwing most of the type of shit that I listen to <laughs> at people. Um, I'm going to stream it in yes. Discord whenever I have a moment Please to do. breathe from work. Mm. And I just want y'all to just laugh at the amount of notes that are flying at me while I'm trying to do like Soulbound by the Unleash the Arches or like War March by Andy James or, you know, some animals as leaders. It's just an insane amount of no- one of the one of the songs I did had like nineteen hundred notes. Yep, Ooh, that's not easy. Right. Clone Hero, Clone Hero get really intense too because they know people have been playing this game for yeah. like fifteen years too, so they don't feel any shame in like charting every note of a uh, you know Dream Theater, John Petrucci yeah. masterpiece of. And, and what's nightmares. amazing? Though, I, oh, sorry, I remember how badass I felt when I beat Bark at the Moon on Expert. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for the first time. Yeah, uh, when Megan was here, me and her were playing together, and it, it had this thing where like I was having to download songs, and then go in and look because a lot of the songs that were downloading only come with an expert. Hmm. There is no yeah. medium easier, hard. But luckily, like the My Chemical Romance songs I downloaded for her had easy, yeah. medium, hard, yeah. and expert, so she was able to you know do her thing. But you could probably play Dead on Expert. I believe in you. <laughs> Aside from the solo, that's a pretty I don't know if it song. did that for anyone else, but when Willie said that and then gave that grin, his camera completely pixelated <laughs> for a second, and then it came back, and it was like the perfect timing where he smiled at the pixelate nice. comeback. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Guitar Hero for me was more of a college age thing. Like, like I was going ham on that in college, yeah, and like I was probably one of the best people I knew at the game at that time with the friend group that I played with, and it was just always like, I'm the best. And I'm, yeah, and now I look around at, like, anybody playing Clone Hero on stream, I'm like, nope, I am Garbo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What about you, Jeff? What were some of your teen, preteen, tween games? Uh, The games that uh, come to mind are uh, Serious Sam, you know, playing that with my brothers a lot, as we've discussed in the past, Uh, a game that uh, I think think i might have uh, asked you to put on the list uh heroes of might and magic 3 yeah i own that okay I and then uh, final fantasy 9 nice oh, oh yeah. big 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 really did you have any boy. that i didn't we didn't talk about already yeah okay no i, I let in all right the, the next one it comes from adam what is your favorite turn-based game and favorite action-based game that's really hard i can answer favorite turn-based game super fast which is yeah. Dragon Quest Eleven, <laughs> Final Fantasy Nine, Persona Five. Go, <laughs> God, board game boy. Let's go. It's technically turn based. It works. I just like yeah. 
It is. You have to take turns. If you don't, it's a really right. weird game. Just chucking stones at the ground. I don't know how to answer this. Favorite action-based game. So I think he means like action RPG. I don't know if that was meant to be like action yeah. RPGs. Uh, yeah. Which, so like, what what is the border between action RPGs and just adventure game though? Because like I've heard people describe Dark Souls as an action RPG and like Zelda as an action RPG, but I tend to think of those as I don't know. Well, it's, it's at least in Dark Souls you can level your your character. Zelda, that's, no. that's an argument that I don't think it is. I think that's a I think that's an adventure game or adventure puzzle. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I just yeah. like where's the I, line? It's complicated. Like I, action RPGs are large Dalton, line. It, you earn experience, and that's how you upgrade your character. I consider that an action. R- okay, in that case, my favorite my favorite action RPG <laughs> is Baseball Star. Mine okay. is Borderlands Two. That's a good answer. Ooh, that's actually yeah. a really like that's a legit pick. Yeah. Uh, I have two, you, but it, they're kind of different because one's JRPG and one's Western. Oh, it's, it's not it Oblivion. It's, it's not Oblivion. Oh, it's, it's not in GU Idol. So it's a toss up between, and we're talking strictly just like action based game combat. All that's great. Okay, so it's the JRPG one is Kingdom okay. Hearts. Mm-hmm. Tremendous. Okay, yeah. Western. I'm hard pressed to find something that plays better sword play wise than The Witcher Three, in my opinion. Okay. Also, if I. If, if I needed to go pick an actual action RPG that I like the action RPG elements of a lot, I think I'm actually going to go with Xenoblade. Okay. I actually thought that was a really fun game that kind of balanced the cooldown management of a MMO with like the MM, the RPG style. Hey, I like, I'm just really struggling fun. to come up with any that I've actually played that I would consider a real action RPG. So here's my fingers crossed that I like near Automata. I was going to say, don't make me throw E's at me, boy. Because yeah, I will. near. They just said, just Grimdon. say you liked okay, sure, uh, sure, sure. Grimdon. Grimdon. We're good. <laughs> yeah, that works. Diablo. Yeah, yeah, let's get, let's okay. go there. Next question. All right. And then what's your favorite style? This is from Fenris. Sorry. What is your favorite style of turn-based combat? Ooh, I have an answer for this immediately. I actually really loved the uh, switchy, actiony. Like you could switch out characters. You could do a lot of management, but it was ultimately turn-based style with the ATB of Final Fantasy X-2. I thought that that game was incredibly well-built in how it structured its turns. And I thought, like, I really loved Trails in the Sky FC as well because it had a similar bar where you could also push characters back. But I love the fact that you could, like, swap... Wait, no, I think I'm thinking mm-hmm. of 10-1, actually, because you could swap characters yep. out in 10-1 live on the fly. Yeah, I'm thinking of 10-1, actually. Right, I guess I'm thinking Final Fantasy X. I, I guess... Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, he mentioned my answer, which is Trails in the Sky FC. Um, I just love the way that you can kind of manipulate the battle. And I've heard Grandia is a lot like that, too. Grid-based stuff like that a little bit. Cool. Mm -hmm. I guess I would have to go with Final Fantasy IX, because that was the first game I ever played in the franchise. And if I was able to understand it fairly easily and quickly, so, I mean, I, I can't think of anything else that tops it. Yeah, and that's a pretty classic um, RPG style that I think is familiar to most RPG players. Like, Final Fantasy IX is not very different from most other traditional RPGs. Like, like Dragon yeah, Quest XI has that same style, yeah. I feel like, as well. And that's the style that I'm most drawn to as well. It's just like that kind of classic turn-based RPG that, you know, came... I feel like start, really started to come together in the Super Nintendo era and kind of persisted on. Yeah. 
I absolutely agree. I think of the Super Nintendo where you got that action, like the the bar powering up, and you have a little time pressure yeah. that you didn't mm. have on the NES games for the most part. I could be wrong. There could be an NES antecedent that I don't know about, but I associate that with like Final Fantasy IV or with games like yeah, Kingdom like, or like the, Chrono I feel like Dragon Quest Eleven did a really good job going back to like I just I just really love that style. Oh yeah, I, I recommend Dragon Quest Eleven to anyone who's like, do you wish that you're back in like the old old no. No pressure. Take your time. Make your decisions. Day of our yeah, people. Yeah. We'll love Dragon Quest. All right. And then this last question. We're rounding the end. So we're going to have to beg for some questions soon. <laughs> um, this one comes in from Adam. Hopefully not too late. Definitely not too late. What are you talking about, Adam? Um, but what has been your most played game this year? Ooh. How do I? It does. does sort by does, hours played. Does Steam have the option to That's sort by That's how I keep my Steam at all year. time. Sort by Sort by total. Oh, I don't know how you really. Guilds have to do the math on that. (laughs) I'm not going to count NGU because that has actually taken over the most hour played on Steam. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that's I get it. I do NGU is technically now my third most played game on Steam. It's right. I agree. It fucking doesn't count. So technically, the game that I played the most this year, and I looked on Switch earlier. This is more than I played in Pokemon Scarlet, more than I played in Pokemon Legends Arceus, which were the two games I played the most of on Switch this year. Um, Yakuza Zero with eighty-seven hours. Oh yeah! Wow. Uh, I'm just trying to go through my uh. Ah, but you know what might beat it? Actually, there's two games that might beat it. I think I, I was going to say Rocket Brahala League and Rocket League very well could be over Yakuza oh. Zero. Ooh, Rocket League. Yeah, it's either Rocket League or uh, Hades for me. Oh, Hades, that's a good one. <laughs> ah, Hades. Yeah, I didn't yeah. play as much of Hades in the later half of this year, but. I might have to go back and play Hades some more too? of that because I want to get more of that before we get to Melanoe's. Story. I don't remember. What's sorry. Melanoe? Melanoma? <laughs> the yeah. new character? It's real cancer. Yeah, you load up the it. game, it's like, if you were someone you know have been infected by mesothelioma, <laughs> you could be entitled to compensation. Uh, yeah. Um, mine, I mean, there are some things that came kind of close to it, but it's not from this year. Uh, sitting at 305.2 hours. WWE 2K22. WWE 2K22. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. That yeah. makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. You played a lot of my GM. You've been sending us your fun characters yeah. and matches and stuff. You played a lot of New Japan. Fire Pro. Or not yeah, New I've been Japan, playing a lot of Fire Pro. Pro. That's catching yeah. up. Fire Pro is at 183.7 hours. Uh, Fire Pro Wrestling World. Okay. Yeah. World. Yeah. And I realized, so there are two DLC that I don't have, right? The, the Stardom DLCs. And... I was looking through my characters that I downloaded from mods, and so many of them are grayed out because I don't have those two DLC. So I was like, "All right, I'm gonna go wishlist those. Next time they go on sale, I'll fucking <laughs> buy them so I can use my characters." <laughs> but yeah, I had a just quickly you know, playing Fire Pro. I had a string of like six or seven shows in a row that Taz was just like putting out like hundred percent evaluation matches. Like he won the title, and then every defense he was getting a perfect score for their matches. I was like, "Yeah, Adam boy." <laughs> 
Love Taz, man. I, I've, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I love a suplex man wrestler. If you're just a suplex guy, I immediately love you. Like Scott Steiner, suplex guy. Kurt Angle, suplex guy. Brock Lesnar, suplex guy. Taz, suplex guy. Rick Steiner, suplex guy. Yeah. I love suplex guys. They just, they, they please me. Saturn yeah. was a suplex guy. Loved him. Oh, man. So, I guess before house cleaning, then the only thing left is to give my host pick, eh? Or you can do that now, or you can save it. That's for right. What are we doing next af- time? For the end of the um, after the house cleaning, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get some. Let's get some more suspense. Wait, save the, it for the um, end of what? Oh, I was going to say house cleaning, and then we'll the awards episode. Give them suspense. But give them a reason to listen. No, to you're it. right. We should do it now. Now I'm thinking about it. Oh, yeah. sorry. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> then drum roll. So the game that I was going to pick, I was thinking about doing Maximon. Right, decided against it though. Because there's been a game that's been on my mind. It's been on my mind for a while. I've been looking for a reason to play it. I haven't had a reason to play it. And now I have a reason to play it. So, boys, seeing as that there was the announcement that there is a new game in this series being developed by Crystal Dynamics and being published by Amazon Games, Uh. we are going to dive into the reboot of Tomb Raider. Lara Croft, we're going to see her origin story in the first Square Enix Tomb Raider game. So I'm not going to make you go quite so far back as the older Tomb Raiders yet. Yet, keyword. But we're going to play some Tomb Raider. And I believe that we all got all of those free on Epic last year, right? I think so. Yeah, make sure sure you tell me the the exact name of the one we're going to play. Oh, it's it's just just Tomb Tomb Raider. Raider. Okay. Some, it's okay. just Tomb Raider. We don't have to get into the confusing ones for okay. the next two. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel's Tomb Raider <laughs> bastard. All right. Well, then that just leaves the house cleaning. So let me pull the show notes back up. Even though I should know all this stuff by heart by now. <clears throat> if you would like to do us a favor, leave us a review. If you think we've earned five stars, give us five stars. If you haven't, give us five stars and tell us why we don't deserve that rating that you gave us. Um, if you would like to join the Discord, you can find us at bit.ly slash TSMP Discord, all capital letters. Come join the fun. Uh, more and more people are joining. It's 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 a great crew in there. Everybody's super he- – well, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Welcoming. Jesus Christ. Everyone's super welcoming and nice. Come hang out with us. Um, link to the website. You can find us at bit.ly slash the Steam Machine. I almost said TSMP Discord again bit.ly slash the steam machine podcast capitalized phonetically uh the website's behind and that's my fault for work being as busy as it has been but i'm trying shout out to yabs pod yet another bs podcast not safe for work um shout out to the jrpg report very safe for work uh if you want to get a shirt tsmp productions.threadless.com we're going to try to start getting some new designs up there soon when i have some free time after the holidays i promise and uh if you like the music from the show novelnightmare.bandcamp.com check us out over there update on the fantasy league i won that motherfucker ain't nobody catching me so let me just go ahead and put Suck that it, out Jeremy. there number one <laughs> Yeah, boy. Yeah, and basically Jeremy's at the point where he was just like, I took my ball and went home. And I'm like, yeah, because you knew that you weren't going to catch me when like four of your games weren't coming out. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, But yeah, so the next time we be chatting. Oh, wait, no. What am I doing? What am I doing? Patreon.com slash the Steam Machine podcast. If you'd like to support the show, donate a dollar. You get your episodes 
early and ad-free. If you donate $10 or more, you can get your name read on each and every episode like these wonderful people right here. Nate Sir Cogsworth, the 7th of Juniper. Jeff, the original expendable Mr. Syllables, old Jeffy Lube himself. Ari Sir Adam, shout out to his podcast, Revival and Extinction. James, the Steam Machine Hall Monitor Hall. And Team Retrogue, go check him out on YouTube. So, we're not getting uh, old pyramid titties. But we are getting some Lara Croft on the next... Well, the next episode is probably going to be the Steamy Awards. Well, we'll hash that out. Either the next episode is going to be Tomb Raider or the Steamy Awards. Next next one is the Steamy Awards. Okay. The next then, episode yeah. is so the Steamy Awards. So we'll be back after the Steamy Awards with some Tomb Raider. Jeff, thank you very much for staying up late and yes. joining us for another episode, my good sir. And I, why am I selling you guys goodbye? <laughs> we will catch you all next time on the Steam Machine Podcast. As always, guys, take it easy. Dive, dive, dive! Hit your burners, pilot! Yeah! That was a special joke just for Jeff. <laughs> <laughs>